Okay, Fowlers, back from fucking Montana, the lights aren't turning off on this fucking little shithole we're in, that's alright, still lots of good going on, lots of fucking good is going on, got myself an iced green tea here. up, James Jones. Crank that shit up. Grab yourself a fucking little refreshment. Have yourself a slurp. All right. Thank you very much, Gloria Tells. Thank you very much. Uh, today we got a guy named, oh, let me see his name again. His name is Dr. Michael Major coming on, and we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about some of the most underrated drugs out there. And we're going to talk about um, performance. We're going to talk about overall health. We're going to talk about all sorts of shit with Dr. Michael Major. I haven't met him in real life yet. I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's coming here in here in a few minutes, and uh, we'll have a discussion. I have no idea how it's going to go. Hopefully it goes good. But uh, got back from Montana on Sunday. We got back from Montana, and it was a refreshing trip back home. It really was. Got to see my dad. Got to see my brother, which is always good. And then I got to bring uh, two of the amateurs. David Clay's one of them. He's a former world champion, Purple Belt. He's 18 years old. He's a real phenom. And then we got to bring my boy JJ, who I've been training since for probably eight plus years. Been hanging around, been friends with JJ. And back in the day when I was training him, he was just the biggest fucking puss. Biggest fucking puss. Anytime he lost or got submitted, he'd cry, storm off the mats. And the littlest thing that goes wrong, it would just ruin him. And he would just, but he was a young buck, not mentally tough. But that's just proof that you can grow your mental toughness because flying up there with us to a whole new state in front of a crowd, probably close to 1,800 people or, or more. Great Falls always sells out in, in, in the MMA. They love fighting up there. But him going up there and uh, getting in the cage, it takes a lot of fucking balls to do that. But I love seeing it with those young amateurs. You see them win, and then you just see their confidence just go zoop, and their confidence just goes zoop, and they just get way more confident. And the most important thing in fighting, I truly believe, is just having confidence. Confidence when you're in there believing you can win. That's a dangerous, dangerous thing to have. And I think it's the most important thing to have in fighting. And also, my JJ, my boy JJ, he might have got some puss, which will bring you to a whole nother level in he walked out of the room in the morning, gold chain on, and he walked out like his cock was 20 inches long. He walked out and his fucking traps were flared, um, cornrows in. And I was like, wow, that's a whole new motherfucker. And David did a great job too. He fought a kid who was 2-0, 2-0, athletic, 
athletic black kid and those guys are explosive and they're scary and david came out and our initially was our plan was to march right at the kid and shoot a double leg but then the kid circled a little bit off the off the bat and david stayed patient nice and calm on his feet and when the kid rushed in at the wrong time he changed levels turned the corner and took the kid down beautifully took his back and beat his ass and then we had our boy tommy mcmillan he trains with us mondays and fridays and he trains at the lab other than that and he's a three-time state champion from Montana, and I think he's he's two and zero as a professional now, and he's really took some fucking big leaps. So he fought a debut kid, made the kid look easy, um, and so on to the next one for Tommy. He he should be in the big show here probably if we if we take our time with him a year, maybe two years, get him to four or five and zero, and then get him contender series matched. Uh, that'll be good. Um, but other than that, Montana was fucking cold. <laughs> It was cold, but it was pretty sunny, so it was refreshing. It was 20 degrees or 30 degrees on some of those days, and I rented a minivan. I rented a minivan that could carry seven seven of us, and, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, small town Montana. Montana, they got casinos. If you need to go to a casino, they got them. And if you need, uh, if you need a truck, everyone's got a truck. And uh, if you like cigarettes... No, that's not, that's not, that's not really it. But yeah, I don't know what it is about Great Falls. Like I love Great Falls. I'm from there. Fucking a lot of tough people from there, but it's just, fuck. It's just, it feels like it just has a tough time growing something. They try to get a new restaurant in there or some healthy shit in there and it just shuts down. I don't know. Um, but other than that, it was a freaking good trip. It was a really fun trip seeing, seeing all the people too. And the boys getting dubs and, um, yeah. And it's nice, too. None of our guys are cutting way too much weight. A couple of the guys had to cut six pounds. Six pounds. JJ had to cut, like, two pounds. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. They think because they can make a weight, because they can cut their balls off and make a weight, that they should. And I don't think that's the truth. I think that's a big mistake I made in my career. Early on in my career at 170 pounds, yeah, I had, I, maybe when I was younger I had some tits. But still, I mean, with those tits and with those love handles came some hard-hitting punches. I mean, I fucking, early on in my career, I touched some people's chins and they fell. Boom. So most of them in my fighting career, fighting at 170, I'm like, I just got to touch these guys' chin. Eventually, I'm going to touch their chin and they're going to fall. And then I cut to 155. And I walk around about 190, 195. I cut to 155 because on the Ultimate Fighter, they I made the 170. But the producer said, we're cutting all the 170s. Can you make 55? So I was like, fuck, I guess it could. Three months, cut from 195 to 155. And all my power left. Now I'm hitting people clean when, when it's usually really hurting them and rocking them or putting them down. And it's just bouncing off their chin. I literally just cut my muscle and I cut my explosiveness out of me. So I think that's a... I mean, I just don't think... If you're, if you're living a decently healthy lifestyle, I don't think you should cut any more than 25 pounds once you get over 25 pounds you're either living pretty unhealthy or you're just going to be literally just losing a bunch of muscle losing a bunch of muscle and losing a bunch of explosiveness it's going to be hard to enjoy your life and even enjoy what you're doing because you're so focused on the diet and you got to train twice a day and you're not even eating enough calories to recover from one workout and then your body starts breaking down and getting injuries so picking that what right weight class for you i think is it a uh, super important thing. So, what do we got in the news here? We got a bunch of drama going on in the 
in the in the world here. Six nine got beat up, got jumped at a LA Fitness and got beat up pretty bad. I saw the guy stomping on his ribs. Probably fucked him up pretty bad. But at the end of the day, you got to expect that. He can't be surprised that someone jumped him. Uh, the way he talks on the internet, the way Danny talks on the internet, the way he's just blah, 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 and then whatever happened with the whole prison thing, and then you run into the wrong group and you don't got security, you're going to get your fucking ass beat, and he got his ass beat. So it's not that, like, surprising that he got jumped, and I hopefully he's not surprised by that. Because usually, I mean, and he know, hopefully he knows, but when you talk shit, there's a good chance you're going to get in a fight. What do you think of that, Jay? Yeah. I think, like, when you're a celebrity and stuff like that, well, especially him, right? Because a lot of people hate him. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even be at the regular gyms like that. Like, you're too famous to do that. Yeah, I mean, even when we were there hanging out and stuff, no, no security. Yeah, I know. And we almost got ourselves into some serious trouble. <laughs> I know, we were at the club. Or, or not the gas station, too. We went to the gas <laughs> station, and, and we were driving Danny 69's McLaren, and it was just me and JX, yeah. and everyone showed up, Steve and the Lambo, everyone had their cars, and then they all took off, and then JX and I were like, oh, we lost, couldn't find the fucking key. <laughs> yeah. so, but 69's brother Oscar had the key in his car in his pocket, and we're sitting there at a gas station, and there's these guys pulling up, and they're like cussing cussing people out saying yeah. that's that motherfucker blah, blah, blah. and we're sitting there like uh and they saw us pull up with them yeah or i would assume they knew i was like this could get bad but yeah but I mean, we got it's, out of it's there. crazy that everybody hates him but you know how he was with us he was super chill like he was the friend he's a homie yeah and he well was who make, knows like that could be like when you first meet someone you just put your best face on but, yeah and he was making sure everyone was taken care of but yeah. i think he does like to be just a little bit toxic and that's part of his whole entertainment yeah that's true I mean, that's that's part of the entertainment business the motherfuckers entertaining but being like that talking like that you might get fucked up here and there you got to know that yeah so hopefully he heals up yeah because it said they robbed him so i wonder if they took like his jewelry and shit or if he even had jewelry <laughs> he probably did <laughs> he probably did but it's a good learning lesson at least he didn't die and yeah, now he can real. cruise around with security Okay, Colby Covington warns Leon Edwards against declining the fight. You don't cross your boss. This is the only piece of advice that I'm ever going to give you. This is what Colby said. Because next you're going to get your ass whooped, Covington told MMA Fighting. There's a saying, Leon, and shut your fumbling mouth and listen. Open your stupid ears and listen to the advice that I give because it's the only advice I'm going to give you, Leon. You do not cross your boss and you will learn the hard way. Remember that, Leon. That's the only advice I'm going to give you. You don't cross your boss. Um, I definitely say Edwards, listen, he ain't getting a title shot next. That's what Edwards said. Look at the road I had to get here. There, there's no way you're getting beat twice by the guy that I just beat twice. Went out and beat Mazadal. Then sit out for a year and a half, not even tweeting or nothing. Just go missing for a year. Then randomly pops up at the weigh-ins and like, okay, he's fighting for the next the title next. Makes no sense at all. So let's see how it plays out. He has to go out there and earn his way like I had to do. Hmm. I didn't know he said that. But, I mean, Leon's saying that right there. I mean, that's Leon's got a good case, too. He just beat Camaro twice, and Camaro fucked up Colby twice. And Leon's probably thinking, I mean, Colby's a tough fucking fight, dude. Colby's a tough fight. He's, he's different than Camaro. 
like I said, my YouTube video. He's different than Kamaro. His striking is way different than Kamaro. Kamaro will stand there, and he'll box you like a boxer. Colby ducks his head, and he throws overhands, ducks his head, throws overhands. You don't know if he's punching, ducks his head, and shoots a double leg. So that's a tough style to fight against. But the way Leon's takedown defense was so good, I feel like he, he might be able to shut down Colby's takedowns. But also, I think I do think Kamaro's knees were fucked up, and I think that had to do with him being able to put the put the pedal to the metal. And really, when you can't run, when you can't do a lot of cardio, your legs aren't as shape in shape as they, they usually are. And if you've ever fought and you've ever competed, your legs are one of the first things to, to go out. But I'd like to watch Colby Bilal. I'd love to watch. It makes the welterweight division way more exciting, though. Leon versus Mazadal, a sick fight. Connor smokes Michael Chandler, which, fuck, I don't know if he will. If Michael Chandler just comes out there and is like, I'm going to put on a show, that, that's going to be bad for Michael Chandler. But I feel like Michael Chandler would be smart enough, and I feel like his coaches would be smart enough to come out there and try to get into a good shot. Try to get into a good shot. Force, force Connor to do some scrambles with you to scramble with you, force him to defend your takedown because those grappling scrambles in a fight are so fucking exhausting. People have no clue how exhausting they are. So I think that would be smart for Michael to say, okay, the first two rounds, I wonder if it's going to be five rounds. The first two rounds, the first round, my main focus is going to be pretend I'm going to strike and get in on some takedowns, get in on some takedowns, force him, force him to start, just huffing and puffing. And even even a lot of times when people are shooting on people on the fence, they're shooting on people on the fence, sometimes they're not even focused on taking you down. When you get shot on on the fence, you got to sit there and pummel. I have to have a wizard. I got to get an underhook. And they're hanging on your arms. You got to jack them up. And you do that two or three times, it starts to weigh on your arms. And it's going to slow your punches down and everything. So if, I think if Michael Chandler is smart, they're going to make that, uh, they're going to force some grappling in the first couple rounds. But if he comes out like he always fucking does and just starts winging haymakers and he starts overextending himself, throwing punches from his hips and bringing his punches back to his hips, Connor might snipe him and might fucking piece his lips up. Uh, who do you, uh, yeah, who else? Who else at 170? We got Blal, we got Leon, we got Colby. I mean, make Colby being the champion would be for, for entertainment wise. It would be fucking sweet seeing Kolb's champ. Rafael Cordero. He says, any current top 15 lightweight would destroy Conor McGregor. I think, I truly think that Conor McGregor's lightweight days are done. He looks, he looks like a solid 195. A solid 195. So if you're a solid 195 and you're cutting to 55, like I said, you're going to be losing a lot of fucking muscle. And I don't think Connor's going to want to go to 155. Could be wrong. Who fucking knows? There's Armin Terserkian, who's dangerous as fuck. There's Matthias Gamrot, dangerous as fuck. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fazeev. Um, yeah, there is a lot of tough motherfuckers. But Justin Gaethje versus Fazeev, man, that was a sweet fight. That Fazeev dude is so fucking sharp. But gut Justin Gaethje is so goddamn durable. So fucking tough. I was pumped to see... Justin get it done because Justin didn't need to take that match. I think I think just or Fazeev or whatever was number seven and Justin's like number three, if I'm not mistaken. So he could have been like, no, I'm waiting for a higher higher rank. I'm waiting for a higher rank. But Justin Gaethje's a badass, so he takes it. 
I'm curious what Usman does. He didn't say he's going to retire. So I wonder, I'm curious what he does. Because is he going to want to jump back in and try to try to make another title run? If your knees are really deteriorating that bad, and I think he's getting up in the, there in age. How old is Kamara Usman? I think he's like late 30s, 36, 37. 35 years old. May 11th, he turns uh, 36. Leon's only 31. Your age? Yeah. How old are you? 32? 32. Yeah. So. You see all Conor McGregor's tweets about all the coaches I sent you? Oh, let me look. talking shit about all the coaches? (laughs) Let me look here. (laughs) I think I texted it to you. Sent you a screenshot of it. I think you did too. Uh, And that one kid got... Someone leaked a video of him giving another guy a beach. Oh, the fuck. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> God damn it. Too soon. <laughs> Seriously. All right, let's see what Connor was saying about all these coaches. He was really talking some shit here. Yeah, I what texted you one of the screenshots. I was te- I was screenshotted because I know he always deletes his shit when he goes on his little rants. He always deletes his tweets. Yeah. He did. He, he did delete it. Did oh, he? you screenshot it and sent yeah, it yeah, to what? Yeah, I sent it to you to your uh, phone iMessage. Yeah, he's going off. I I wonder what kind of drugs Connor does. Because it seems like that motherfucker just goes off. It could be just proper twelve. Yeah, he said, uh, "Faraz is a hobby is a little douchebag." <laughs> I think Faraz a hobby is super fucking smart. I think he is. I think he knows a lot of shit, and he's very intelligent. He went to school for philosophy. Black belt in jiu-jitsu, trained GSP. But he does say some shit that's like, come on, don't fucking say that, dude. Don't <laughs> say that if you've never been in there and you've never felt someone trying to hurt you. There's a difference. People think you can spar. I mean, oh, I spar, so I know how good I am. Some people are good as fuck in sparring. And in sparring, you have you have that you have that safety. You know that your partner's not really trying to hurt you. His his goal isn't to hurt you. In a fight, you get in, you get into the into a fight, and there's a crowd. First of all, and then the person standing across from you, he's his goal is to hurt you. His goal is to break one of your limbs. His goal is to knock you unconscious. So just that alone makes a fight completely different than sparring. So sparring, yes, you get a little taste of it. You get a little taste of what the cardio is like, but still, it's very small taste. Sparring, I think someone just came here. Will you go grab him, Jay? Yeah so yeah so when you say when you say yeah i'm sparring so i'm pretty familiar it's like dude you're not and even if it's frost if you've never fought you don't know what the fuck a fight is like okay and then hey how are you how's it going brother damn fucking jacked mike didn't expect that yeah you can pop a squat now put your headphones on and then uh yeah right in that mic there's a there's a blue. I was going to finish this up here. So Connor said, Faraz Sahabi is a little douchebag. Trevor Whitman is a pad man. Javier Mendez is a fat arse kickboxer. Fat ass kickboxer. Mike Brown is a smelly prick. Greg Jackson got caught up. The system of Coach Kavana is now shining through. In years to come, the world will know what we have been at. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't say those guys don't know what they're doing, but Connor goes off and goes crazy. So, all right, we're here with my new friend, Dr. Michael Major. How's it going? Going great. Going then, great. I think it's the other side of that, Mike, on the blue. Going great. There we go. Are you yep. from Scottsdale? Uh, originally from, born in Minnesota, uh, raised in Kansas City, was in the military, uh, so all over the U.S., Japan, and then uh, came to 
Arizona for med school 2011. Been here ever since. Sweet. How do you like it here in AZ? I, I like it. I'm meant to be in uh, warmer weather, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, we just got done visiting Montana. Uh, that's where we were born and raised. So being down here, once you're down here for a little while, you're like, you get used to it. Yeah, River Runs Through It, one of my favorite movies in that uh, Montana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're big. We're big. Sugar and I and our, a lot of our team are uh, we're super big on like, not necessarily biohacking, but just having the best recovery and the best performance possible. Mm -hmm. um, are you pretty big on uh, that kind of stuff also? Yeah. Uh, the reason I went to medical school is because I had a uh, adult onset seizure condition. Um, <clears throat> I, going back a little bit, I grew up, uh, my mom was a nurse and uh, even even you know back in the 80s uh, i think she was a little bit ahead of her time where it <clears throat> mattered what we eat what we ate uh you know she'd always say milk with the meal and <laughs> we didn't have much soda around the house uh you know now people don't drink milk at all but uh so i grew up seeing a difference in because i was an athlete i played college football seeing a difference in my performance based on the things i was eating <clears throat> and doing compared to my peers and so i kind of took that with me to a degree and then um, um, after I got in the military, I was a government contractor living in Maryland, and um, it just happened. One day, <clears throat> I was you know, talking to a, a buddy, and I guess it was an hour and a half later, I woke up with a paramedic in my face, and I had just had a seizure. <clears throat> and uh, ended up having, we think, at least uh, 22. Most of them happened at night. There might have been a couple more uh, in a nine-month period. <clears throat> I was treated at Johns Hopkins out there on the East Coast, and they just shoved medication in my mouth. You know, it was like one pill after the other. Uh, the, <clears throat> for me, it just shut off brain activity. You know, like I couldn't, <laughs> wasn't supposed to be driving, but I did. And I had, had to use the map in my car to get home at night. I couldn't remember people's names that I'd been working with for months. And so um, <clears throat> it was actually my sister in Kansas City was seeing a naturopathic physician. And um, during one of her appointments, she mentioned what I was dealing with. And she said, well... We know that excess neurostimulation can induce seizure activity. <clears throat> and so um, I ended up doing some research and finding, sure enough, based on the things that I was eating and found I was thought were healthy, were very neurostimulating. I cut those out, uh, did, did some gut healing things, uh, you know, cut out gluten, cut out <clears throat> dairy for a while, and immediately the seizure stopped and a lot of these other symptoms, like I'd been losing weight, losing hair, <clears throat> constant daily diarrhea, that all stopped. And then, you know, when I went back to the <clears throat> neurologist at Johns Hopkins and I said, hey, you know, my seizures are gone based on doing these dietary things. And he said, well, we recommend you can continue with the medication. <laughs> you know, there's no evidence that diet uh, can fix that. <clears throat> and so I was just kind of done with, you know, I'd already questioned it. And then, um, because it was my sister seeing that naturopathic physician, I said, what is this naturopathic medicine? And the biggest school is here in Tempe. And so I looked at it, <clears throat> had the GI bill to use. And, uh, you know, nine months later, I was in medical school. Oh, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, I just I was listening to Andrew Huberman in a Rick Rubin pod podcast, I, I'm pretty sure. And he said he was saying that it could be up to 50 percent of literature, like in med medical school is outdated uh out well that's what i think most doctors will tell you they learn this much in medical school and everything you know afterward and then things are constantly evolving so it's constantly learning that's why you have to do continuing education 
Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of think, because our medical school, at least the first two years, is exactly the same as the MD school, DO school, <clears throat> um, you know, pathologies and things like that. And so um, it's, it's almost just like learning how to the medical system works. <clears throat> and to me, the summary that I found for, for, for our, you know, base medical system is it's emergency medicine. Uh, it treats you, <clears throat> you know, just don't die. Uh, they're not really too concerned about optimization, performance. They just don't die. Mm-hmm. And that, <clears throat> that's, that's the big reason why everybody's, you know, uh, in the MD system is big on pharmaceuticals. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, medical school, what I'm doing now is nothing what I learned in medical school. <laughs> right. You know, it's all what I've learned and continue to learn uh, since graduation. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because the big, the big, the big pharma stuff, do they pay, do they pay doctors to subscribe just whatever is in or? Uh, They could. I mean, the typical medical system with insurance and everything, I think is one big wheel that feeds everything. Uh, The pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, they, they dine at wine and dine doctors to give their products. And then the pharmaceutical companies do their own you know, uh, tests of these things and their own studies and then have ways of putting out the good information. And, and so they give kind of summaries to doctors and say, Hey, for this condition, this pill works great. And if you do this, you get, you know, maybe these benefits sort of thing. And that's, you know, a typical doctor, even just an internist can see 20, 30 people a day and spend five minutes with them. I see at the most, you know, two or three a day. And oftentimes we're spending an hour and a half, two hours together. And it's getting real deep into the week, at least initially. And so, um, you you know, I I think a lot of uh, MDs have, um, you know, first of all, most of them go in right out of undergrad. So they're young kids. They leave medical school with a lot of debt. And they say, if I do give these medications for these conditions that you know have this name that, that goes with it, then everything will be good. I'll make money. I'll be happy. <laughs> and, you know, my life will be, uh, you know, non, uh, non-stressful. <clears throat> and I think that's why a lot of MDs, DOs who switch, you know, like a lot of the <clears throat> popular online doctors, Dr. Mercola, stuff like that, they do that later in life, you know, when they're clear of a lot of that thing that, that could distress them Mm -hmm. so i think most people have great motives um like you ever hear part early in my career i did work at a cancer treatment center uh, in vita in scottsdale which is just beautiful what they they do for people and um you know we'd hear from other oncologists that who worked in in cancer their whole career they'd say they'd never treat themselves if they got cancer the way that they treat their patients because of what they saw Mm -hmm. and the consequences of it so I, I think part of it is just, you know, they need a life. They have to, you know, have their career. But I think most of them have, you know, good intentions at heart. So, yeah. So a lot of it's just a lot of MDs and stuff. You go into a doctor's office and it's just a numbers game. So they're, they're seeing 20, 30 people. They want to spend the least amount of time with you, give you just what's going to cover up the issue, not really get to the get to the bottom of the issue with with sleep and food and all your routines and, and good water. And they just try to get you out of there. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, what I dealt with, uh, especially with the seizure condition. Um, you know, this doctor, I actually liked him. Uh, you know, he would communicate with email real quickly, but 
you know, when I saw him in his office, it was, <laughs> you know, at the most 10 minutes, even, even the initial one. And, you know, I, I remember when I first had my seizures, I'm like, gosh, this is a great place to have it. I'm at Johns Hopkins. They're going to figure this out right away. And I was just blown away how they said, well, we don't know why it happens, but here's medication. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that more people and more very super smart people don't preach about just your lifestyle and the type of food you're eating and your sleep and the water. And they, they just don't even really talk about that. They talk about what pills and then you can go to the gas station and there's just all this stuff that a hundred percent fact will give you heart disease and will slowly kill you, but it's all okay. And it's all overlooked. That's not the problem. That's not the problem. And it drives me crazy seeing it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm convinced, um, <laughs> a lot of what we do is, is creating fixes for problems that we also created. Um, you know, this pandemic, it was, it's very interesting. You know, I, I treated, <clears throat> you know, even though I don't have a huge patient load, over a hundred people that were either COVID positive or had all the symptoms and the things I did for them two days later, not only were they saying, I feel great, but they say, I feel better than I have in months. And then, <clears throat> you know, talking about the treatments that they did uh, for people, um, you know, when they locked them in a hospital room and, and, uh, you know, um, in a, in a closed room with no air, no sunlight with other sick people and they're stressed. And, <clears throat> and so a lot of, um, a lot of things, the pandemic is, is just kind of a, a, a good example of it. They're trying to create fixes for problems that they're also creating. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, what kind of, um, almost drugs do you think are underrated do you have you done much research on cannabis and psychedelic mushrooms and stuff oh yeah um, <clears throat> um there's we can't prescribe it yet uh, but i have friends in colorado um and i know the benefits that people especially from things like microdosing um you can get some some great results i actually did <clears throat> early in my medical career too i did do a lot of uh, medical marijuana certifications and you would have some people come in who obviously, you know, just wanted the marijuana for recreational um, stuff. They, they, a lot of them still did have pain and reasons to get it. <clears throat> but, um, you know, you would see 20, 30% of the cases, some people come in and say, here's a list of medications I used to be on. Now I use medical marijuana. <clears throat> and, and I find, like I, some states even do this, you, you have to get prescribed a specific form of it <clears throat> because the tinctures, things like that, where you get all the cannabinoids, because uh, when you do the inhaled form, that's kind of more the recreational. You get a lot of the THC directly to the brain, and that just you know gives you the, the typical <clears throat> what we think of marijuana. But the whole plant, when you get it in you know some, some other form that has multiple cannabinoids, it is just a great plant helps with a lot of things yeah because i know a lot of people that are just so scared of the thc so they just take the cbd but i feel like if you're taking the cbd and depending even where you're getting the cbd from i feel like you're missing a lot of the benefits from the plant so we really like to use these uh stores in vehicle like they're medical grade vaporizers so okay. you put the flour in there and you cook it at whatever temperature and it fills a bag up with vapor and i feel like you, you're just getting a lot of the benefits in, instead of burning it and having to inhale all that smoke i really enjoy that so do you do you like to use cannabis at all or no uh i've gotten tinctures that i've used at times um i haven't uh, you know i, I <clears throat> um 
again, I play college football and I've learned a lot about the body. I do yoga and work, you know, with other things. So I don't have a lot of pain, but I do use it for with things like yoga, <clears throat> things like with massage. Um, I, I remember, you know, I was going to the same masseuse for a year, more than a year. And when I started using the tincture of, um, uh, the marijuana tincture before my appointment, she would say, man, you know, you're a lot more relaxed today. I can get a lot deeper mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and benefits like that. Um, I've tried the inhaled form, uh, I think once or twice and it didn't do much for me. Um, I know there are different, um, <clears throat> for some people you need different amounts to have an effect, you know, uh, like I've tincture, I've given the same strength to one person and a drop made her really loopy. And then the same guy, two dropper fulls did almost nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's, I, I don't know if I just don't get much of a <clears throat> effect from it. Um, but yeah, when I've used the, uh, the whole tincture, um, a lot of benefits from it. Nice. So what, what kind of, uh, what's your diet like nowadays? Um, it's evolved, um, for, and I think it can be age, uh, related. I do have a nine-year-old son. Um, and so we eat some similar things, but because of his age and his uh, stage of growth, he eats a little bit differently, but we both start off the day. Um, <clears throat> I've kind of, I don't know if you've Paul Saladino, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD, <clears throat> uh, he's made a lot of, um, he'll have you terrified of vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Um, of a lot of things like coffee and everything yeah um but he's he's in i don't know that i totally buy into everything but the big idea is kind of what we would normally think is dinner things is good for breakfast and breakfast things good for dinner and so early in the day you're starting off the day with animal-based fats and proteins uh you're doing a number of great things one one thing you know you can argue as much as i want with any vegetarian but there's nothing more bioavailable in nutrients minerals healthy fats, proteins, then a, a cut of animal, you know, a, a, a animal tissue mm-hmm. <laughs> from a properly raised animal. And so, but you, you, we also don't need maybe as much as we think. So every morning I even take pictures of our breakfasts and give it to patients so they have to see what an example is. But we'll start the day with some sort of <clears throat> usually red meat, uh, you know, maybe like two to three ounces uh, for each of us and then, and then fruit. Um, <clears throat> the idea of fruit being sugar is just there's nothing to that um if you juice it maybe have you ever seen anyone get super obese from fruit nope probably not right (laughs) yeah uh too many too many other nutrients uh enzymes to break things down you know if you eat one orange uh or you drink one glass of orange juice that's three or four oranges juiced but if you eat one orange you know that's a, a lot uh, a lot less and and but you do need um, I'm finding an insulin response insulin sends sugar into cells but it really also sends nutrients into cells and does the fructose from sugar hit different than obviously white sugar and some of that other stuff yeah uh, you know they, they say it doesn't need the um, uh, insulin to get through with the fructose <clears throat> but um, I think when they do those when they look at that stuff they're looking at isolated sugars and so Rarely ever, you know, do I use an isolated sugar, and if I do, it's like honey, um, <clears throat> things like that. I do make 
you know, my own kombucha, I make my own chocolate. And in that case, I use usually coconut sugar uh, to mix in with it. But that that's still kind of a, a dessert thing. <clears throat> so to, to say anything that's whole, that grew, and it, there's also just a lot of logic in fruit. I mean, it's sitting right there. It usually falls, you know, from the tree or the plant it's hanging. You put it in your mouth and there's a positive response. <clears throat> and th- this is kind of where... I even kind of agree with, uh, you know, Dr. Paul Saladino, you take some vegetables, like you take kale raw from the ground and put it in your mouth and you're going to be, you know, spitting (laughs) out pretty quickly, but you cook it, you know, you steam it, you roast it, you even, you know, mix it with other things. And and then it's a lot more palatable. So there's a lot of logic in the body's response to what is good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when they, when they talk fructose, sugar, stuff like that. They're talking the isolated stuff, which you just really shouldn't be consuming a lot of in the first place. And so you don't really have to worry about, you know, what's, what, what it, they claim it does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you start off the morning with a little bit of meat, three ounces of meat, and then a little bit of fruit. And then do you do caffeine? Uh, I, I usually do it in the form of tea, um, often green tea. Um, I don't, do coffee if i do it's more of a social thing you know like me and a friend at a coffee shop um to me because i do so little of it it affects me like i feel really (laughs) good for you know a few hours and i kind of crash um so i I don't people who get get um you know good results from it i don't have any uh, concern with that i also make a um nootropic lozenge that has a little bit of caffeine in it it's made with something called methylene blue mainly if you know what that is but serves as an electron donor for our red blood cells and has more, allows more of our um, red our blood to carry oxygen. And that does have a little bit of caffeine in it <clears throat> that I, I usually have, um, uh, at least during the week, a uh, portion of that. Um, but I don't, <clears throat> I, even for people who want to do daily coffee, uh, this is, you mentioned Andrew Huberman, he talks about waiting that hour to two hours after waking up <clears throat> to um, start the, you know, get the caffeine in your body. And that allows your body because uh, they say caffeine is not really stimulating, it's anti-parasympathetic. So, you know, allows your, your body to keep, to not keep itself tired. <clears throat> um, and, and so when you wait a short period after, before consuming coffee, you don't get a lot of the consequences, side effects of it. Right? So you don't get as big of a crash. So yeah, we've been doing that. I've been doing good about that. I mean, you wake up and it's just in your brain that like, God, I need that coffee to pull me out of this slug. But if you just force yourself to maybe get your little light workout in, and I've been hitting, trying to hit 30 grams of protein, do my PEMF machine, my red light, and then do my coffee. Um, it, it seems like, it seems like I feel way better. And then tomorrow we're actually filming another morning routine video at my, at my house. We're filming that tomorrow. So that, that should be good. Um, so you, so you eat your meat and then you eat your fruit and then how long till your next meal? Um, weekends is a little bit differently during the week. Uh, cause I'm, 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 uh, you know, usually seeing patients at different schedules. I'll, a lot of times, uh, you know, when we do have meat, like in the morning, I'll cook a, uh, we usually, we do a couple of different meat delivery companies. Otherwise, you know, even whole foods, um, the one in Scottsdale ha- gets their uh, meat from, uh, Eel river, um, and you can see the difference in the, in the store I in, mean, the, in the colors, the grass fed versus the regular. I mean, the, the fat's a different color, the meat's a different color, how it's marbled. And so, you know, we might get 
<clears throat> a, um, a pound and a half of a strip, New York strip or ribeye, and then cut that into three or four pieces. And then that's three or four breakfasts. And then often there's even some left over that I'll put in a container and take it with me. And then middle of the day, I might snack on that. <clears throat> what services do you use for your meat? Um, was it wild pastures is one of them. Um, there, I'm going to do more now. There is a local Arizona one, uh, Arizona grass fed beef. I think it is. Oh, sweet. Um, they, they had been doing just farmer's markets, <clears throat> but now they're doing more online and they're even doing, uh, which I like the best is organ meat <clears throat> because, um, we have constantly a uh, bone broth going. Um, we get, uh, bones and then put organ meat in it, vegetables, you know, as well, because uh, that's a way to get a lot of the nutrients. <clears throat> and so um, my son won't, you know, <laughs> touch the organ meat, the liver, the heart, the stuff that's in there, but he'll drink the broth because it tastes, you know, pretty good. And then we even use that for uh, dog food. You know, we got a, a 15-month-old chocolate lab, <clears throat> and he's just, you know, healthy as can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost he almost looks like a black lab. I don't know if that has to do with <laughs> uh, how we've been feeding him, but some people can't tell because he, he's so healthy, he's so dark. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so I uh, – and then I did use – what's the common one, the meat delivery? Um, Butcher box? Butcher box for a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. Um, nice. so they, they all seem to be okay. Um, I think I am going to go more with the local one. I think it's good to support your local, um, <clears throat> you know, I want them to get bigger and, and keep doing what they're doing, uh, the grass fed beef. So. Yeah. There's something about, I mean, the more you start eating healthy and clean foods consistently, it's almost like you're in, more in tune with your body. When you eat something, you can just feel your body saying, yes, like, yes that feels good you don't just feel like gassy after or tired after or what would you say about people because some some people say and they almost brag about it they can just drink like three celsius uh drinks a day or three energy drinks a day and it'll be 5 p.m and they're drinking an energy drink and they're like yeah i sleep just fine is our adrenals messed up or what's going on usually with that yeah the 23 year old who's saying that maybe yeah <laughs> well even my bud some of my buddies my buddy Jakar, who's a ufc lightweight and he's three, 33 years old drinking a celsius last night before teaching class i'm like damn how do you sleep i sleep just fine i'm like hmm. yeah um there is you know there's ways we can offset it uh there is you know uh genetic how we're, our health our base health we're starting from <clears throat> almost anybody though i do see that that catches up with them because uh, you know some people a lot of people i do mainly referral based so it's um you know people see the benefits and someone they've been hanging around with or someone they're related to and they go what have you been doing and then they come to me and they'll say something like that you know i've been drinking these drinks forever and all of a sudden the past six months i'm just not feeling good and so <clears throat> the, the big thing i've learned as a physician um first of all i'm very <laughs> i'm very okay with people calling me mike uh, mm-hmm. i've been kind of embarrassed by the medical field the past few years uh, in in a couple ways um i used to think you know hey i earned doctor and i'm and i'm just like you don't have to call me doctor <laughs> yeah uh but um uh point I was getting at it was um so instead of when someone comes to me instead of saying what's wrong I say what's not right and when you fix what's not right you fix 99% of you know the concerns going on now the the what's not right is going to be different between different people you know I do have colleagues that are swear by vegetarian diets you know swear by coffee is the best thing to start the day off with and and that you know, whether they attract those type of patients um, that want that life. But 
what I found is <clears throat> there is um, the other thing about starting the meat uh, based early in the day and then more carbohydrates in the evening is you are directly supporting the cortisol curve. Cortisol is what breaks down energy. <clears throat> we want that to be as high as it's going to be at the beginning of the day so we have, uh, we have energy and then low in the evening so we can fall asleep. When we take in carbohydrates early in the day like we would with cereals and other grains and stuff, <clears throat> causes cortisol to drop. Then whatever we don't use, we store as fat. <clears throat> then their body gets hungry again, cortisol comes up, and we kind of get into this sawtooth where eventually it flatlines and it's too low at the beginning of the day so we don't have energy, and then too high in the evening and we have trouble getting to sleep. <clears throat> and so this is what, um, along with many other factors, I've found that some of the benefits from eating <clears throat> more animal-based fats and proteins early in the day is we get better sleep. <laughs> we're less stressed at the beginning of the day. We're less of a, you know, up and down. <clears throat> and so, and it, and it keeps, you know, the, the energy up early in the day. Um, people usually, you know, like the taste of it. They, they get positive feedback from, from eating those things. <clears throat> so there's a lot of direct benefits and indirect benefits. Um, <clears throat> but again, when you, when you look at somebody comes to you with all these problems, instead of saying, okay, these symptoms go with this, you know, name and this diagnosis, and, and then these are the fixes. We go, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what you could be doing differently. <clears throat> and like, you know, a lot of people, you talk about the energy drink Celsius. I talk to them, you know, these artificial sweeteners, it might have taken a while and you might have been offsetting it with your exercise regimen and something else, but they're really tough on the organs. And, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> there's the Chinese medicine clock. Uh, we did do Chinese medicine in our school that <clears throat> during, during different times of the evening is when that organ is regenerating or active. And many times, if somebody was stressing their liver, they'd wake up between one and three and couldn't get back to sleep. Their kidney between, I think it's five and seven. <clears throat> and so things like that. And so that's that's where it's it's evolved and I'm open to it. It will evolve, I'm sure, as I continue to go on. But there are <clears throat> basis things that are right for the body and you do those things right and 99% of the problems go away. Yeah, I mean, and then, like, there's not, there, I, want, I wonder how much, because there can't be one diet suits every single person. I wonder how much of it has to do with where you were born. Like, were you born north in the freezing cold? Were you born in the south where it's hot all the time? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, uh, there could be genetics. Uh, there's also, you know, a doctor I met who swears by the blood typing diet. Um, you know, some of those, I think it's A positive or something, doesn't do as well with meat. <clears throat> but I've had A positive people who do great with meat. <laughs> um, and then it, activity, I think, can be the biggest thing. But, um, you know, obviously... Um, you know, someone who grows up, uh, you know, I even relate this. I'm, I'm a lot Irish and Irish people do great with alcohol. <laughs> you know, they just metabolize it real well. And then Asians, Native Americans do horribly with it because they just don't get have blacked that. I want to fight everyone. They, yeah. They don't have that enzyme. Uh, mm. to, well, they don't have that enzyme to break down that acetaldehyde dehydrogenase, which now there's a supplement, uh, DHM, uh, I can't remember the name, what it's called, but, uh, people swear by it. It helps break down that acetyl aldehyde dehydrogenase, so you can take a hangover from 18 hours to 30 minutes. <laughs> apparently, but um, so I think there are things like that. I haven't ran into a lot of people, and to me, I'm finding it's more of with the activity of the body. And so that's one thing I've also found is <clears throat> getting those healthy uh, fats and proteins in your body. Um, 
you need the proteins, the amino acids for a number of things. You need it to uh, build muscle, prevent muscle breakdown. You need it for uh, neurotransmitters, messengers. That's where the peptide therapies come into play. <clears throat> and when they get more of that in, they just feel like moving their body more. And they get more positive feedback from doing it and they sleep better. And so um, <clears throat> I've, I've yet to find somebody who, you know, keeping the diet somewhat simple at first with this um, <clears throat> more animal based fats and proteins with fruit early in the day um, and then more increase more of the carbohydrates in the evening. Uh, everybody who's done that has loved it and has responded very well to it damn that's pretty badass so you'd obviously have to change it with like an athlete like someone who's training twice a day some sometimes twice a day explosive workouts too would you add a little bit more carbs in the morning sometimes yeah that's that's different and that's kind of what i allude to with my son uh with he gets more uh grains throughout the day <clears throat> so there's no restricting really uh with i think a kid you know he gets we get a sourdough bread um learn starting to learn how to make it because <laughs> i think finding that a lot of the problems that people have with gluten is just an uncultured uh, you know um the, the, the gluten is not broken down with the um, enzymes and stuff from the sourdough bread so you're making <clears throat> it uh i've got a friend who's making it and he gave me some dough i've been putting it in um uh, pancakes because oftentimes we talk about you know brenner breakfast for dinner we make pancakes at night or that's Damn. when we have pizza or you know waffles stuff like that and so i've been putting it in the pancake batter and and i normally don't respond well to anything with gluten in and i've been doing great with because it is a gluten a wheat dough that's been in that sourdough culture um <clears throat> and so uh the people that i have talked to have been doing that um they say yeah gluten's not a problem as long as you prepare it this way hmm. um sort of thing um <clears throat> but athletes again yeah they're they're different uh they they it's this is um and, and this is kind of more of the start of of getting things on track and so a lot of people <clears throat> i think even paul saladino his diet has evolved a lot more you know he's doing a lot more uh, organ meat and i don't know if he's doing any kind of vegetables but i think when he started <clears throat> the idea of a carnivore diet was red meat salt water two or three times a day and that's it and i think it's evolved yeah he was supposed to come on the podcast uh two months ago but we just we weren't in the studio the time he was ready to come in but i wonder what he would he would say about the athletes i wonder if he would agree that the athlete would need some sort of maybe oatmeal or white rice i wonder if he would say that or if he'd say no you just eat bananas or and papaya I would be interesting to see, and yeah. then I'd be interested to see that tested, um, you know, because uh, I played college football, and, um, um, you know, we ate, <laughs> we ate horribly, you know, I, I got, that's, it was NAI football, so small college, and we'd get on road trips, we're giving bags of McDonald's. And, going to the food court, and you're doing a, you're just getting what the fuck ever. It's weird, even at the UFCPI, they have some of the smartest people out there. They have the, some of the supposedly some of the smartest nutritionists out there. And these guys go through these weight cuts, just got done uh, eight week, 10 week diet, cutting 30 pounds, just depleted themselves completely. And then they have um, just a shitty chocolate milk sitting there. And they're like, this, this, you feel up with this. And then they have like Cheez-Its, Cheez-Its and pretzels. I'm like, damn, is that really the best food you can find for someone who just depleted their body completely and they're straight from school they have all these degrees i'm like man that's pretty fucking crazy to me yeah we get we get away with a lot in our youth um and and i think that's where you can make a lot of money um you know in your in your aging process um if you get into habits early on <clears throat> but and then there's also the 
you know, um, aging telomere length, like, you know, Brent Greenfield and stuff gets into, um, he was, he was a very, you know, uh, I think a bodybuilder triathlete and he talks about his telomere length, which is the end of your, uh, you know, your DNA, um, when your DNA repairs or, uh, <clears throat> replicates, it replicates the top strand forward. And I guess the bottom strand backwards, it goes back. And, and so that's why you need that extra end of the telomere. <clears throat> and as we age, it gets shorter. And he did, he did when he changed, you know, did a lot more healthy eating and some other things and had his telomere of his white blood cells, I think tested, you know, something like at age 25, he was 28 at age 30, he was 30 and age 35 he was 18 or something like that yeah i mean he he goes he's a crazy motherfucker he's such a nerd and i I enjoy i've learned a lot from ben greenfield but he he's uh he's another level of that yeah no a great down-to-earth guy too he was just in town last week and uh kids were playing pickleball together and yeah 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 Yeah, because i I think we had him on the timbo sugar show um like a couple years ago and yeah he's a great dude so uh do you do do you know much about like ketamine and the benefits yes yep very much um when i was first uh, i do get um a form of ketamine for patients um it's a lower <clears throat> than the the therapeutic uh iv uh, and, and i and i have them use it for um kind of a therapy um, a lot of times with yoga things like that so what what in if a patient comes in what in your mind makes them think i think ketamine might help them I work in stages, so it's offered to somebody usually in the third stage when you get to the nootropic and then uh, processing stuff out. So I was, um, where I learned of ketamine was when I worked at Invita, the cancer treatment center, and they had uh, patients who came in and they were told they were dead. You know, they said by other oncology doctors, they have nothing, there's nothing left for you. And unless you got them into a positive mindset, the treatment that they did just wouldn't be as beneficial. And so I was the physical medicine uh, doctor. I do a lot of uh, physical therapies and I'd see everybody their first week there. And I remember it was this one guy came in on a Friday and he just was so down and so negative. (laughs) You know, when he left after the 45 minutes, I think I just stared at the wall for like, you know, 10 minutes. And then he came back on Monday and two minutes into our conversation, I go, what's up? Because he was an entirely different person. And he said he had gone for his first ketamine infusion uh, Friday night and started to see all the positive things in his life and things he was missing. And I started asking more about it. Um, they were doing, uh, they also treat chronic infections at Invita. So they're doing, there's a Lyme protocol <clears throat> for people who are diagnosed with Lyme uh, that helps quite a bit. And so they're sending most of their Lyme patients and then some of the cancer patients. <clears throat> and I talked to the doctor that we were sending them to and uh, I had had a lot going on in my life, uh, uh, marriage that ended and having trouble with custody with our son and then stuff I dealt with in my military career. <clears throat> and so I decided to go for uh, infusions and, and I went and the first one I thought it was going to be about the stuff that was on my mind. It was 100% about my parents' relationship and their divorce that happened 25 years before that I thought I had no problem with. Wow. And, you know, I walked out of that appointment and I, I told the guy, I said, that was 20 years of therapy in an hour. Oh, <clears throat> and I go, ended up going for two more infusions. But I started to see that the example that I was given of a life and relationships was something that I was following and it wasn't necessarily a good one. <clears throat> and so it was leading me you know, down a lot of things in my personal social life. And I started to, you know, just kind of observe more and and see what I could be doing differently. And it led to a lot of productive changes. 
And that's where <clears throat> I started getting, because I didn't want to send everybody for infusions. They can be cost prohibitive and, and a lot of people don't necessarily need them. But because <clears throat> the biggest thing ketamine does, it does hit opioid receptors. So it takes pain away, hits glutamate receptors, they say, so it calms you down. But the biggest end result is the ego dissolution. <clears throat> and we don't realize sometimes when we get so you know into our daily lives and stressed out, we kind of get narrow-minded <clears throat> and we're missing the rest of the world. And so <clears throat> the way I have people use it is, and kind of the way I use it, it's like uh, once a week or every, every couple weeks and you're doing... I get lozenges made that have um, 100 milligrams in them, and they usually start off with a quarter at a time. <clears throat> it dissolves and uh, absorbs under their tongue, but um, they do maybe two or three of those uh, quarter lozenges in the hour, hour and a half. <clears throat> and um, you know, like when, when I use it, I oftentimes go in with five things on my mind that I'm trying to work through, and when I'm done with it, I come out with 50 solutions that I didn't see before. Man, that's crazy! And so that's just a small. A small dose so if you're if you're doing a bigger dose do you do you like fall asleep or do you just close your eyes or do you go somewhere or? well when you get the infusion you have to have a paramedic there because it is ketamine they give before they put you under uh, for surgeries and stuff okay. <clears throat> and so it's a you know I guess sedative um, but um, the doses were at or nowhere near that um, and the cool thing I found is um, my as feeling from it and everybody I've given it to because ketamine has been used recreationally is cons considered addictive but when I talked to people who used it recreationally, I said, how did you use it? And it was never ketamine alone. It was ketamine with another drug and usually after and, you know, a super high amount. <clears throat> and so what I found is I had, there's a retained um, kind of memory and approach to things from having the ketamine in me. So where, you know, now I even half the times I go to yoga and trying to get that therapy, I don't even use it because I just have the memory of how to get my mindset in it. And then also yeah. I found I've used a lower dose and less of it over the hour <clears throat> than be just because it's, it's so effective at a, a lower dose. And so, and that's what I'm finding <clears throat> with people that I give it to, especially when we've done hormone optimization, uh, diet's working well. We get into peptide therapy, body composition, sleep optimization. Then we start getting into nootropics. And this is where the ketamine <coughs> comes into play. Um, and they're, you know, they're just in a, I want to be better <laughs> mindset. And so it's not, I just want to be high and forget about anything. It's, it's, and that's where I find ketamine is, is it's not just like covering something up, like being drunk. To me, alcohol is, one of the worst things that we do in our society. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to, I really stress stage one on people reducing that and especially men, uh, because especially beer and it's, it's indirectly very estrogenic, <coughs> um, alcohol. And so, and that just covers up problems. It makes us feel good, but it just puts things to the side and make us not care. When we take ketamine, it makes us process things. And so I've even had people who've told me, they said, you know, what I've done now, when I go, if they have to go to social situations where they're expected to drink and they'll be, you know, kind of, uh, I, you know, sh uh, isolated away if they're mm -hmm. not drinking, they get like a sparkling water with a lime in it and say, you know, it's a gin and tonic, vodka tonic, and they can take kind of a microdose of ketamine <clears throat> maybe every 45 minutes and they feel as social and, and have, uh, you know, enjoy it. And then the next day they feel better instead of feeling worse. <clears throat> and so that's where I found, um, 
the way I use ketamine is that it's so productive, uh, so helpful in helping people process stuff. And then it's almost reverse addictive. You know, you take less of it and less frequently as you go on. So it makes you almost like reflective. I could not, I don't know. I wouldn't say reflective because it is, uh, you're not, uh, you're just, um, it brings in new things that you weren't seeing. You know, so it, it opens, opens up maybe some different neural pathways in your brain. Uh, that could be the end result. Um, I don't know if that's direct or indirect because it takes stress away. Um, but you know, people people are saying that it it is is you know there's some brain healing factors from it. Um, the the biggest thing when when you start approaching anything you're dealing with uh, any problem from outside of a me 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 aspect that's where we you know call the ego disillusion you start to see you know like you're like oh, man this person I can't can't believe they did that they're just trying to screw me and then you the ego goes away you're like you know what I see why they did that you know they they were thinking about this for their family they're not you know trying to directly upset me. And when you start doing that, you get a lot more productive and you deal with, you know, <laughs> everyday aspects a lot better and, and just being in a more positive mindset. And so that's, <clears throat> that's what I'm seeing, um, with the, with the, you know, the, the low dose academy almost makes you sometimes maybe a little bit more compassionate. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it could be. Um, I think most people, they, it's more their compassion was taken away by the stress. You know, they, they are good people. <laughs> they care about people, but they just like, you know, this is getting in my way. This is messing me up. And they get, you know, a response with anger from that. So it, it almost gets you back to the way you would naturally be. Damn. That's freaking yeah. awesome. Um, I mean, it sounds similar to like a mushroom, a mushroom trip where it almost makes you just thankful for everything around you and thankful for nature and stuff. So before you would recommend someone uh, do the ketamine, obviously with a physician or something, would, do you, would you recommend them almost getting their health and their diet kind of and their sleep in line first? That's what I do. Um, I have had, I, I've now met um, a, uh, it's Dr. J, I have to get his uh, name. It's, um, uh, he does ketamine infusions at a facility where they also involved a therapy, a counselor, <clears throat> and they involve um, uh, light and or, uh, visual and sound um, treatment with the ketamine infusion. And so it's a much more um, full body and mind therapy to, along with the, the ketamine infusion. And I've had a couple people have gone to that earlier in us working together uh, because just because of stuff they were dealing with, and it was it was very very beneficial. So the way I give ketamine lozenges, it's usually not till later, but um, especially with this place, I've found where they what how they give the infusions. Um, I think people can benefit from it at any stage, and. Um, I, I mean, you know, I'm very open to, I think at some point in my life, I will do like an ayahuasca uh, ceremony. I haven't done one yet. Um, or, or, you know, some of those other ceremonies like that. <laughs> um, I'm kind of concerned because it would doing it right now. would make me just drop things that I maybe can't, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't drop, you know? Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> but that's the, the ketamine infusion. Um, I'm finding people who have also done ayahuasca and other things like that say it was, in many ways better than these ayahuasca ceremony because of not just what they process during, but how they continued to make changes afterwards. Uh, cause you know, I've talked to people like, yeah, I've done four ayahuasca ceremonies. I'm like, 
four. <laughs> you know, I thought it was supposed to be one and done. You know, it, it changes your life. And, and I think a lot of it is you get therapy from that. But then if you just go back to your normal life, you know, it, the, the uh, concerns, problems can reappear. And so the thing I find with ketamine is that it takes people into a healing state and memory of, of having the treatment that they continue to, uh, to take with them and apply. And can kind of go back to that mindset that they had when they were on ketamine. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Cause I, I mean, even with, yeah, even with the mushrooms, it's like, as soon as you get done with the mushroom chip, you're like, Oh my God, I'm just so thankful for my people, my animals, the trees, just all the nature. But then a day, two day, two days down the road, it's all the same problems you're usually fucking dealing with. So is there anything else like with a, like that's similar to ketamine that people really don't know about that physicians, some physicians could offer? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things physicians can offer that I offer. Um, they're, they're not, uh, they're not in the same, um, the end result with health, mental health and, you know, improved uh, lifestyle is there, but the ketamine infusion is, is pretty unique. Um, I do a lot of peptide therapies, uh, for different things that help with a number of, you know, different aspects of life, help with body composition, sleep, uh, time with your significant other, um, uh, and other health benefits. Um, and so, um, but as far as ketamine, it's pretty unique. Yep. Damn. That's awesome. Sweet. Um, have you messed around with the chat G GPT at all? Chat GPT. I don't, I'm have not you sure seen that. that? Nope. Oh, it's this open AI thing. It's just, you can ask it any question and it pulls everything from the web within seconds and it'll write, it can write you a paper within seconds. It can write you a story within seconds. It's a pretty insane thing. You'll have to check it out. Maybe cool. But, uh, <laughs> dude, thanks for so much for coming in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, great to meet you. And, um, it's good to get this information out. Um, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, the hormone and other stuff, but, um, uh, that's, I do a lot of hormone optimization, which, um, I found living in America, um, from mid to late thirties on, it's just tough to keep things optimized and uh, that can have a number of uh, consequences in your life. Um, and so <clears throat> that's something uh, that goes, that's kind of step one before everything else that we've, we've discussed here. So the hormones stuff like the peptides, is that usually injectable or is it just like a uh, oral? Uh, for men, it's injectable because uh, of the amount and then it's just controllable. <clears throat> I do, um, there's, you have to get into circulation. If you swallowed it, it'd all go to the liver and it'd be discarded that way. Um, so you have to get into circulation um, first and injecting it or uh, letting it dissolve under your tongue is, is the preferred way. Um, <clears throat> women, because uh, they have a lower dose, they usually do it um, under the tongue. Uh, it's tough to get a you know, small injectable and they, they do a daily dose. Um, <clears throat> peptides have to be injected or taken under the tongue because they're just chains of amino acids. Uh, uh, you know, 44, I believe, or more of amino acids is a protein, X is a structure, and less than that, it's a peptide, X is a messenger or neurotransmitter. So if you swallowed it, it would just be broken up and they'd use, your body would use the amino acids for other things. So you have to get it through circulation and it's uh, in injectable usually. It's usually a small amount, uh, very, very, um, you know, it's mixed with water, very uh, thin, easy to inject, and <clears throat> even people who can't stand the idea of injecting after you know two or three treatments the benefit they feel like oh that's nothing <laughs> you know, really it's like they're brushing their teeth and and inject the same so way. is that with like it, it can help with testosterone levels or 
the well we testosterone we usually use testosterone um when you give testosterone it does you know it's the molecule your body produces so it does uh, decrease your body's own production and so often we give a peptide that helps your body increase that amount because uh, they're for men especially it can be a concern with uh, sperm reduction and testicular size and if you give that peptide it helps bring those back because um, there's the <clears throat> you know the the discount the belief is that you give testosterone and you're taking over for your body forever and it makes you infertile and that's just not true um the, the common consequences of that were when testosterone um hrt became more common they would often give the treatment in clinics and because they didn't want people coming in super frequently they would just give it based on the half-life of the medication so people will come in once a week or or, uh, or less and then they get this big huge bolus of it <clears throat> and the consequence of that is if you took their blood you know two or three days after getting that that treatment their levels could be four or five times what you're looking for and that really can cause problems over time. Um, and so that's where I get people at the end of the week, they're likely still doing the same dose as somebody who's doing that, but you just do it more frequently at a lower dose and it more mimics the body's up and down release. Wow. And then um, the peptides usually come in after that. Um, one of the, one of the big ones is Kispeptin 10, Gonadarellin. Those are, re those kind of replaced HCG. HCG would be a common uh, treatment that because uh, it would act on LH FSH receptors and help with uh, bring back you know sperm and testicular size, <clears throat> uh, but these peptides work as good or better, and you actually see different numbers on lab results. It's wow. not, not just a trick in the body. That's <clears throat> and awesome. So, and then the other ones, uh, there's the CJC twelve ninety five ipamorlin helps with body composition, sleep productivity. Uh, anti-aging when I give it to people and I don't see them for a month month and a half when they come in they just look five years younger um, <laughs> and, and women love it you know for that reason uh, there's the um, PT 141 I make lozenges of those two with that with have uh, Tadalafil Cialis and then uh, this other um, it's a small dose of pharmaceutical called apomorphine it's kind of a dopamine agonist and this this makes a long fun night with your partner Damn, so you get, you'll get horned up and you'll last as long as you need. You will. Yeah, there's di different mechanisms, but it works great for men and women. Helps with the blood flow. The apomorphine just makes you want to engage. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to, I've tried everything that I, that I make, and I used to make that uh, before I had the PT-141, and I'd actually take a low dose of it before going working out because of the Tadalafil Cialis for blood flow. Um, but when I add the apomorphine, <clears throat> normally when I go to the gym, I just kind of be, you know, working through things in my head and kind of, you know, in my own mind. And when I took it the first time, I had like six random conversations for five minutes each. And I'm going, what's going Damn. on? <laughs> the, you know, <laughs> and that's the feedback I get from that is they say, you know, stressful day, I can take it. And it just makes me want to engage and talk with my partner. And then, you know, the other physiological benefits from the PT-141 and Tadalafil are there as well. Damn, that sounds amazing. So where can people find you? Are, are you, are you uh, taking on new patients or not really right now? I am. Um, I, I do. I'm doing well with just referral based, but um, if they want to search for me, I, I do have an Instagram page, Dr. Major Benefits. I get contacted there a lot. <clears throat> um, I don't love taking because I, I the benefit from the referral is people have seen the results in somebody else and they go, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's otherwise, you know, the common medical system is people come in and go, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's my problem. Here's what I want you to give me. 
And that's, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, okay, uh, how about we try this first? And so I'm finding with when somebody has seen the benefits and, and just kind of, because I've had even, you know, a, hand, a dozen or so doctors uh, who have come in and they've seen the results in other people and say, look, I'll tell you straight up, I'm a doctor, but it, I'm in your hands. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And <clears throat> the couple who were, you know, maybe more resistant when we still did, I said, well, can, let's try this at first for this reason. Here's, you know, likely what's going on. And when they've done that and seen the benefits, they go, you're right. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, this worked. I'm feeling great. Let's do that. Damn, that's badass. Well, we got a workout about to happen right now. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the info. And uh, what was the Instagram one more time? Uh, Dr. Major Benefits. Dr. Major Benefits. And we'll put that uh, link in the description too. So thanks a lot, brother. All right. Great to meet you. All right. Talk to you guys later. See you next week. Love you. Bye-bye.